Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. And praying in Jesus' name that as we get into your word today, there will be signs, there will be wonders, there will be exploits. Heal the sick, deliver the oppressed. Do what only your power can do. And so let light shine in our dark places and let glory be seen in this place. Jesus, this message is a powerful message. May the men that listen to it today, those who are in-house, those who are online, those who are in other locations, uh, be moved into the reality of this message in Jesus' name. And so I am praying that your word will be declared with power. I pray for Pastor Dennis. I pray for Faith. I pray for Simon. And I pray for uh, everyone who is going to be hearing as we preach that today your word will be with amazing, tremendous power to the glory of your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to start by reading a scripture in Daniel chapter 11 again. Uh, the scripture in Daniel chapter 11 will start from verses 25. And just so you know, as you open there, don't worry because we are starting in the middle of a story. We are starting in the middle of a vision that is being seen. And as we start, uh, uh, don't worry because I wanted to first read and then when I begin to explain the sermon, you will understand what we are reading about. Uh, verses 25. The Bible says, He shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for he shall devise plans against him. Yes, those who eat of the portion of his delicacies shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. Verses 27. Both these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil, and they shall speak lies at the same table, but it shall not prosper, for the end will be at the appointed time. While returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant. So he shall do damage and return to his own land. At the appointed time, he shall return and go toward the south. But he shall not be. But it shall not be like the former or the latter. For ships from Cyprus, someone says ships from Cyprus, shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant. And forces shall be mastered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Someone say Antiochus the fourth. 
Epiphanes. That's a name that I want you to remember, okay? Can we say it again? Antiochus the fourth, Epiphanes. Now, I was at Makerere University personally when I got convinced that God had called me into pastoral ministry. Immediately I went, I told my pastor that I don't think I should be doing the degree I am doing because I was doing a bachelor's in adult and community education. But in my first semester of the third year, I got convinced God had called me to ministry. So I went and told Musei, uh, I'm wasting time. I should go and just study ministry. Now, he convinced me that if I finished my bachelor's at Makerere, I would simply go and do a master's in ministry, which would be very beneficial because uh, back then, Uganda had only three pastors we knew of who had a master's degree. So, I said, you can be the fourth. Ah, thank God for good spiritual fathers. Hallelujah. I'm, I don't think I'm the fourth because by the time I finished, more I had also got. But then there was a challenge because in Uganda, there was no school that offered a master's of divinity that I wanted to do. The only schools that we could think about here in Africa were in Kenya or Nigeria. So I began looking for schools in Kenya and Nigeria. Now, you, I don't know what you, how much you guys are paying at university these days. For us, we were paying 250,000 Ugandan shillings, a lot of money. It, it was a lot of money. And, and because my mom couldn't afford it, uh, I believed God and I won a government scholarship. So I was at Makerere and uh, the government was paying for me and also paying me. Hallelujah. But then, when Musei told me about the masters, I began to look into it in Kenya, and I found the school fees would be like four or six times more than what I am paying at Makerere. It was ridiculously expensive. So, I did what I always do when things are hard for me. I went and began praying. It was a Saturday night. I remember it very well because of what happened the following day. Because as I was praying in church alone, under the steps of, that go upstairs in Gaba, I was just praying alone, hiding myself. By the way, you guys, you should get the habit of hiding yourself and pray. Great things happen. As I was praying, I realized God is going to give me this money. Yes. And then I realized there's nothing that is impossible with my God. So if I ask he was going to give me the money. And then I said to myself, wait a minute. If God can give me money to go to Kenya, he actually can also give me money to go to Nigeria. So where do I, I said, but why do I go to Kenya or Nigeria? This God has the capacity to give me the money to go anywhere. I said, God, pause. I'm coming back tomorrow to continue this prayer. <laughs> Seriously, I told him, Lord, let us pause it here. Because I need to find out where the best schools are. So we paused and I waited for that day. By the time Mosei showed up in the morning, I was already at his door waiting. It was Sunday morning. He normally came to church at around 7. By 6.30, I was standing at his door. So he comes in. Oh, Alex. 
Alex, hi. I said, yes. I said, I'm good. I've been waiting for you. He said, oh, you have? Yes. We entered. He said, so what is up? I said, say, you know how we talked about uh, going to school? He said, yes. I said, I was praying last night and I realized God is going to give me the money to go for school. He said, I believe that. I said, my problem is I don't know where the best school for this thing is. Do you know? Because I need to go and tell God which school I'll be going to. Long story short, I attended one of the best divinity schools in the United States. Some of my professors wrote the books that other professors are using. Hallelujah. Why? Because... I believed God. I knew God. You see, we are people of God. Like, God is my father. God is my, he's my God. And if he can take care of a bird that does not know how to spell the word God. Hey! Because, you know, when you understand certain truths. You will always live a life that is above and not beneath. You will always live a life that moves forward and never backwards. We are meant for great heights because greater is he that is not just with us. He's not just with us. You know, you know, God is not just with us. Did you know that? God is not just for us. No, all those would be very good. In fact, there are some people who are just content that God is with me. God is with me. And that's also good. But you know that God is in me. Hey, God is in me. God is in you, my friend. You know, if we cut you inside and we are able to see the spiritual part of you, you know that we would meet the Holy Spirit. So there is something I wanted you to know because today we are talking about great exploits. Someone said great exploits. Again, great exploits. We are meant for great exploits. Big things. Now, but one truth you must understand is this. And I want you to pay very close attention to this. Spiritual realities are always fixed and established. Yet a man holds the keys to their manifestation in the natural world. Spiritual realities. So we are living in multi dimensions. Okay? There is a spiritual realm. And there is a natural realm. The spiritual realities. The things that must happen in the spirit. Have actually are already established. And they are fixed. Oh, glory be to God. Which is why God knows your future before you know your future. Because God does not just live in the natural. He lives in the spiritual. So spiritual realities are already fixed and established. But a man, all of us here, we hold the keys to the manifestation of spiritual realities here on earth. The moment you understand this truth, you will see that you are always a winner. When you understand and believe and begin to walk in this truth, you will realize that you as a man, as a human being, I'm telling you, you have tremendous power. Because 
what I just said means there is nothing in this world that God can do if there is not a man that has agreed. Number two, there is nothing the devil can do in this world unless you have agreed with the devil. So both God and the devil must find a certain man to agree with them in order for their spiritual reality to be manifested here on earth. Hi. It is tremendous power that you as a man you hold. It is tremendous responsibility because you begin to realize there is nothing that happens in your life that you are not responsible for. You are right now, right now, when I look at your life, this may be a painful reality, but it is the truth. Right now, when we look at your life, where you are right now is a function of what you've agreed with. You have agreed with brokenness. You know, you know, like when you wake up in the morning, there are certain feelings you get just as you wake up. Like you don't even invite them. They just do what? Yes, and when you agree with those feelings, guess what happens to the entire day? You feel that way most of the day. When you wake up and you feel like, I'm so happy I should put on a suit, you realize the whole day, glory be to God. So the question is going to be, what, have you, what are you agreeing with? What are you agreeing with? What are you agreeing with? With. Let me give you another example. Did you know that the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus did at the cross covers all men? It covers all men. But do you think all men are saved? Do you know that men are going to go to hell when there's a spiritual reality of their salvation that was already fixed and established, but they have not come into agreement with it? And so you realize that you... As a man, you hold the keys to the manifestation of spiritual realities here on earth, in the natural. Because man is the only authorized spirit to work in this dimension of reality, in the natural reality. If a spirit is to operate in the natural, it needs a body and preferably a human body, a physical body. So you will see that there are certain demons who are stupid. They think they can use a, a, a rock, a tree. But even those trees and those rocks, there must be men who are convinced that that tree and that rock has certain... So you agree or you disagree. I've told you this example before. One time, my mother was teaching in a certain school. There was a nice house. There was a nice house, but no one was staying in the house. And the house was meant for the headmaster of the school. But no one was staying in the house. He said, what is, why, why don't we, why does it? They said, that house was built in the pathway of demons. Ah, my mother said, what? You mean demons are the ones refusing people Give me the house. So we got to stay in a nice house that was meant for HM, 
Because of what we agreed with and what they agreed with. Do you understand? Yes, so they agreed it was in the path of what? Of the demon, so they didn't stay in it. We agreed that greater is he. Hallelujah. And so my friends, we are meant for great exploits. Ah, we are meant for great exploits. We are meant for great exploits. And so my question is, friend, what are you agreeing with in your life? Do you know there are some people who, this is December, they've already begun thinking about January as a hard month. They're already, like December has just started, they are being stressed about school fees in February. Hey, refuse. My life is going to be easy. I agree with easy, not difficult. I agree with progress, not regress. I, hallelujah. Now, one of the greatest keys that we hold that determines the realities, the manifestation of spiritual realities. This is a key that grants you access and opens the doors in of the spiritual realm is a key called the key of knowledge. Knowledge. It's my people perish. <laughs> Even God looks at you and is like, you are my people. This, you are confessing like we have done all these last, this is my God, yes, this is my God. This is my God, yes, this is my God. And God is like, oh my goodness, okay. I just, I wish you knew because I can't help you if you are in ignorance. Ignorance is dangerous. Turn to your neighbor and tell them for me, neighbor, ignorance is dangerous. It's bad. The key of knowledge. You know the problem with ignorance is it locks you up at an inferior life. Hmm. Ignorance is a form of darkness. That's why when Jesus comes, he delivers us from the power of darkness. He told Paul, go and open their eyes. And so one of the things that I am doing and that we do in the preaching of God's word is to open your eyes, the eyes of your understanding, so that you may move out of ignorance, which is a form of darkness. Now, ignorance is bad, yeah? You should not be ignorant because it locks you out of the life of God. However, the worst form, worse than ignorance, ignorance is bad, eh? but there's something that is worse than ignorance. It carries a greater darkness. It's false or wrong information. You know when you think you know, but you actually don't know that you don't know what you know, that what you know is not what it really is, yeah? When you think you know how to pray, but the problem is we are looking at all the time you've been praying, yes, when you think you know, but in reality, the knowledge you carry is a false knowledge. It's deception. That is worse than ignorance. Because you are operating on the wrong software. You are uploading iPhone apps on an Android. So when, you, when what you think you know is actually a lie, that is that it is untrue about what you think. And uh, you know, uh, I think it was Bill Johnson who said, when you believe a lie, you empower the lie. And there is... A lot of lies that people have believed and they are working against them. 
Hallelujah. There's a lot of lies. For example, a lot of girls think when they sleep with a man, he will marry them. It's a lie. Lies. Lies are dangerous. Now, Jesus was also very frustrated by the teachers of his days because what they were teaching people was not just bad, it was false. And it locked people in a form of ignorance. So in Matthew 23 verses 13, he curses them. He says to them, Matthew chapter 23 verses 13, he says, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Why? For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. Look at this power. Look at, look at this power. That there is a man that has keys of the kingdom. And this man has such power that he can shut up the kingdom of heaven towards others. And he says, you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. But I want you to notice, these guys had such a key that they would shut the kingdom of heaven from manifesting to people. Do you know that there are a lot of people here in our world today who do not experience the kingdom of heaven is shut towards them? The same scripture is recorded by Luke in Luke chapter 11 verses 52. But this time he's addressing lawyers. And he says, woe to you, lawyers. Why? For you have taken away the key of knowledge. Someone said the key. The key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves and you want those who were entering in, you hindered. Are we still together, friends? And, and so Jesus is saying there is... This thing called knowledge is a key. It's a key that opens up spiritual realities to manifest in our natural world. Knowledge. Knowledge. Someone said knowledge is a key. Now, we have to access spiritual realities. We must be able to access spiritual interventions into this world that we live in. But if we are to have spiritual interventions in our natural world, we must overcome that danger. We must overcome this thing called ignorance. That is why, let me tell you, uh, if the devil wants to really play a number on you, he will make you pray and make sure you never read the Bible. Because you pray and you pray and you pray and you do not receive what you pray because you are praying amiss. There are certain times I've gone to God to pray about certain things that I feel very strongly about. And I say, God, as I start to pray about those things, God says, Alex, you're speaking nonsense to me. I say, God, why am I? Say, that is not something you should pray about. Pick yourself up from your prayer. Go and do this. Hey, and then I do it, and boom, what I was praying for vanishes. But there is a man who is spending 12 hours on a prayer mountain asking God for an anointing, but is ignorant 
about how an anointing comes about. Let me see. How many of us here would want to be used by God? Look at all of us. We all want. Why aren't we all? Are we all used by God? But there are certain instructions you must learn to follow if you are going to be used by God. Problem is, do you know which instructions? So if you are going to see divine manifestations of spiritual realities in your life, then you must overcome the thing called ignorance, the lack of knowledge or the lack of the right knowledge. You know, there are a lot of people who are not being used by God because in their brains, we are all anointed. In their mind, all of us are anointed and we all have the same anointing. And it is, it is true we are all anointed, but the thing is, you read the scriptures and you realize there are men who are more anointed than others. And then there also is a way of drawing anointings. But I'm not talking about anointing today. But I'm saying you must carry the right information in order to make the right manifestations come in your life. So if natural laws are to bow down to spiritual laws, and if natural laws are to bow down to our command, then we must learn to access those spiritual realities through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the questions that I want to pose to us all is how many of us here can truly say that your life is a life of great exploits? And I want us to be real. Because you see, the greatest deception is self-deception. When you think you know something, but in reality, you are not what you think you are. Friends, this may be a hard pill, but I pray that you take it because that's the only way we will get the malady out. Are you ready? So here is what I want to tell you today. The lack of great exploits in our lives only exposes our inability to access what is available to us in the spiritual realm. Pay attention. May I say that again for you? When you don't see great exploits happening in your life, it just informs you that you do not, you are not able, you don't carry the capacity to access the established spiritual realities for your life. Hallelujah. And so what we are trying to do right now is to throw light upon your heart in order for you to enter the realms of great exploits. Because I want to tell you, great exploits is a covenant issue. The understanding of the covenant that God has with you and me unlocks access for us. The knowledge of God, it's the knowledge of God that grants us access to possibilities that were initially impossible. Glory be to God. The knowledge of God produces strength in us. It produces a boldness and a lack of fear that ushers us into great exploits. It's the knowledge 
of God. And the knowledge of God is contained within the covenant that God has with us. And so the scripture we read in Daniel chapter 11 is part of a vision that God has given to the prophet Daniel. Daniel, in that vision, is able to see uh, things that will happen over a span of 200 years because even though what Daniel is seeing has not yet happened, by the time of the vision, even though what Daniel is looking at has not yet been manifested in the natural world, yet in the spiritual world, this is an already established and fixed reality. And so the man who is spiritual, Daniel, for example, is able to access 200 years of history. But I think now let's call it prehistory, yeah, because it hasn't happened yet, yeah. So uh, he's able to access the, the 200 years ahead because what is going to happen 200 years in the spirit is already established and so therefore accessible. Daniel is able to describe with frightening precision the reign of four successive kings. He is so accurate that some historians who read what Daniel is writing have a challenge accepting that actually Daniel was simply prophetic and they, they want to forward date his book. They say, uh, uh, there is no way a man could be just in the spirit and see all these things that actually happened as he describes them before they actually happened. That's the book of Daniel. Because it is as though when you are reading chapter 11, it is as though Daniel is right there looking at history happening in its progression. Why? Because all the natural realities, first of all, are spiritual realities that can be accessed by an attentive man. And so the question is, are you attentive enough to see what God is doing in the spirit and are therefore able to access it? There have been a number of times when I've told people organizing our services and I told them, you know what? We need to organize for this and this because uh, this coming Sunday, this and this will happen. Because there's a way that things that are going to happen next year have already in a way been established. And you are able, but, but it does not mean that because they've already been established, therefore they're going to manifest in the natural world. And, the, and it is you and me who hold the, the keys. So Daniel, let me first give you a bit of this story, history, because it will help you understand the scripture we just read. Uh, Daniel is living, uh, remember Daniel was taken to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar died. His son, uh, I think his name is Nebuchadnezzar, something, the guy who had the handwriting on the wall, also came. Then the Persians take over from the Babylonians. At this time, it is the Persians that are ruling. Okay? 
And there's a king called Cyrus. So when Daniel is receiving this vision, he is uh, probably in his 80s or 90s. He's now an old man. And as good old men, by the way, you should plan your old age well. Because one of the things God expects old men and old women to do is prayer and intercession. Hello? So Daniel, as he's praying, he receives a visit from the angel Gabriel. And Cyrus, who is the king at that time, Daniel tells the story and says, after Cyrus, Cyrus would be followed by three other kings of Persia. After those kings, there will be a fourth king. Now, I am telling you this story from a historical perspective. Because Daniel is seeing all these kings, he doesn't even know their names. For us, who are after Daniel, we can tell, hey, this was King Cyrus. And after King Cyrus, there was this other king. They have very funny names. So I didn't bother registering those names for you. But the names that matter, there's the fourth king is a king called Zaxis. Hey, if you want to know Zaxis, Zaxis is uh, in the book of Esther and, uh, and Nehemiah. Zaxis was a powerful king. He became very wise and very rich, but also he decided to invade uh, Greece and attack Greece. So after Zaxis's reign, there are a few other kings in there, but Daniel doesn't register those ones. Uh, but he says, because Zaxis attacked Greece, when Greece rose up, it got a young man called Alexander the Great. Yeah? Some of you have heard of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great remembered that Persia had attacked them. And he decided he was also going to attack Persia. So he went and attacked Persia and conquered it. In fact, Alexander, the reason he's called the Great, he conquered that whole known world and it all came under his reign. So Daniel is recording all this. In fact, he even records that upon that Alexander the Great will not even go back to his kingdom. He will die in Babylon. And he will not even die of battle, like because he's a fighter, but he doesn't die in, in battle. He dies of a fever. Alexander the Great. So Daniel records all of that. And upon his death, Daniel again records his empire would be broken up and divided towards the four winds of heaven, but not among his posterity, nor according to the dominion with which he ruled. So when Alexander the Great dies, uh, he has two sons, but his sons are also killed, murdered. So it's a big empire, and because it's a big empire, it's divided among four of his great generals. So that's why he said it will be divided among the four winds. Four winds. The, the Greek empire is now divided into four big parts. But Daniel does not record all the other, all the parts. He records for us two main parts of that kingdom. Two, two big divisions of the Greek empire. He talks about the south, 
which is really Egypt, and he talks about the north, which is the Syrian empire and the Egyptian empire. So they are now divided. Uh, there's a, a, a one in the east and one in the west, but the east and the west, Daniel doesn't talk about. He talks about the south and the north. Why? Because Israel is caught in Palestine in between Syria above it in the north and Egypt in the south. So this south and northern kingdom, however, they are fighting against each other. And Israel is caught in between. And so he records this conflict between Egypt and Syria until there comes the reign of this man called Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes. Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes. Someone say Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes. All right. So look at the Syrians are called Seleucids, uh, but don't worry about that. Let's just stick with Epiphanes here. Yeah? Uh, so uh, look at Antiochus. He's fighting with the Ptolemies, yeah? the Egyptians. Glory be to God. So Antiochus Epiphanes, who is the Syrian king, is fighting with the Egyptian king. They, they just keep fighting, but Israel is caught in between there, and, and their conflict directly affects Israel, the people of the holy covenant, the people who God has covenanted with. They're not part of their conflict, but now they're being affected by the conflict. So Daniel uh, records in verses 27 of chapter 11, he says, both these King's hearts. Now we know which kings. Eh? The northern king and the southern king. Both the, these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil. Hallelujah. Both these kings' hearts shall be bent on evil. And they shall speak lies at the same table. But it shall not prosper for the end will still be at the appointed time. Now, so you look, these kings, the southern king and the northern king, they decide, let us sit on the table. But as they sit on the table, as if they are going into agreement, they are not agreeing. They are lying to one another. No, I'm going to give you that territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also give you my daughter to marry. <laughs> so they, they, they are lying to one another and because... Their agreement must come at an appointed time. Let me tell you, there is an appointed time for everything that is happening in your life. And one of the worst things that can happen to your life is to miss your appointed time. That's why you must be so attuned to the spiritual world to know what is happening so that you do not miss your time. But the Bible says... While returning to his land with great riches, his heart. Now, we are talking about Antiochus, yeah? the fourth Epiphanes. The Bible says, while he's returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant, so he shall do damage and return to his own land. Now, remember, Daniel is saying these things are 200 years before they do what? They happen. Okay? Don't forget that. But then he says, when this is happening, 
this guy will be, he has, such, he has finished a bad deal with the southern king of Egypt. And now he is returning, but he has got a lot of wealth. As he is returning to his north, his heart is moved against the holy covenant. Now, ask yourself, who is moving the heart of Antiochus the fourth against the holy covenant? This is not something he is not just acting simply because he's acting. No, his heart is being moved. I've told you before, there is always and there will always be a spirit from hell that is assigned to fight the holy covenant. There is always. And so the Bible says, at the appointed time, at the appointed time, he shall return and go toward the south. But it shall not be like the former and the latter time. So he goes, he attacks the people of the Holy Covenant, does damage, goes back to his kingdom. And then there is another appointed time where he returns back down south again to fight. Remember, their agreement was falsehood, okay? So he returns to fight. But this time, it was not like the other times. No, 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 no. Why? Because there were ships that came from Cyprus that came against him, and he was grieved. So he lost the battle. When he lost the battle, he returned in rage against the Holy Covenant to do damage. The people of God have done nothing against him. But you see that again, his rage is not really against the people. His rage is against the covenant. It is against the covenant. Friends, friends, the challenges you are facing in your life are not fighting you. They are fighting God's covenant with you. The temptations that are coming your way are not fighting you. They are fighting God's covenant with you. The troubles in your life, the trials you are going through, they are not fighting you. They are fighting God's covenant with you. But friend, God's covenant is established and fixed for you. So don't give up. Don't give in. Don't, don't, don't give the enemy the space. Hallelujah. It's the same old trick the devil does. Deny God. Deny God and die. That's the same old trick. The devil is against God's covenant with your life. And you've got to stick out with it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, so he shall return and show regard to those who forsake the holy covenant. In other words, the people who are God's people, but end up saying, the devil shows regard for them. And the Bible says, forces shall be mastered by him. Look, forces shall be mastered by him. Forces shall be mastered by him. And they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Do you know what a sanctuary fortress is? It's the, the sanctuary, the temple. So Antiochus Epiphanes marched into Jerusalem. Do you know, he did not destroy so many other different things. He went directly to the temple and defiles, defiles the temple. You know what that means for you and me today? 
is the devil will do such a number on you and make you feel like you can no longer. Uh, your church, those church things. Uh, uh, you just have your personal, personal gods. He will defile the sanctuary fortress. Fortress. A fortress is a hiding place. The church of God is meant to be our fortress. But the enemy will fight God's covenant with you and make you feel like, ah, uh-uh, stay at home. Do your thing. Be alone. I've never seen someone who has backslidden and did not first of all stop attending church. And you meet them and you say, uh, like I just had a lot. They just stay away from church because what the enemy first does when he's fighting you, he makes sure he says, church, don't, don't, don't. Because he knows this is a fortress. This is a strong place. This is your refuge. But when trouble comes, what does he first say? Tulewaka. Let me tell you, let me tell you, whenever you ever get the feeling, Tulewaka, fight it. And say, whether they are taking me on a mat, I will show up. I will show up. Whether they abuse me, I will show up. Why? Because the sanctuary is a fortress. It's a fortress. It's a fortress. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. This is where you are safe. Out there, you are not safe. This is where you are safe. This is where you are safe. That's why in the New Testament, in Hebrews, the Bible says, never give up the habit. Habit. The habit of fellowshipping together. Someone said great exploits. Yes. Number two, he not only defiles the sanctuary, but the Bible says, he shall take away the daily sacrifices. Hallelujah. Daily sacrifices. You know, daily sacrifices uh, represented the children of Israel's devotion to God. Every day, you must have a place and a time that you spend with God. Hmm. But haven't you also seen it that a lot of times when you are facing problems, when you're facing challenges, when temptations are so high in your life, what is the first thing that goes your daily devotions. You stop praying. And you just say, no, I'll pray tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes, I don't feel like, let me just sleep. I'll wake up tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow, you are late for work. Daily sacrifices. And number three is in the place, he will place there the abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation. You know what this Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes did? This man brought a pig in the temple of God and sacrificed a pig. Now, if you don't understand this, just imagine the Muslims are in their Ramadan fasting. And then you say, today, you are going to break your fast with pork. You even slaughter it, not outside, inside the mosque. That's what this guy did. He brought on the altar of the Lord and sacrificed a pig there. Defiled the altar so that it became unclean to God. This is where, this is where 
you see people begin to say, The people that stand on the altar, because the altar becomes defiled, slandered, and broken. And you begin to look at the worship, the things, the, word, the things that are going on. And because the enemy is stealing from you. And why? Because he knows God's covenant with you is established. You are the only one that can sabotage it. So friends, do not be deceived. Uh, because you see, in verses 32, he says, Then those who do wickedly against the covenant, yeah, he corrupts with flattery. In other words, then you begin to see the people that do not walk in the ways of God and in the covenant, they seem to be the ones kind of flourishing you, you are not. Hey, and it is a, a flattery. So do not be deceived when you see those outside of the covenant prospering. When you see people who are not godly succeeding, just understand it is flattery. It's a corruption that the devil has given to them. When you see the ones with boyfriends outside of marriages and they're the ones carrying iPhone 12s and whatever's eh? and dressing up in the latest fashions, just understand they are being corrupted with flattery. You see, the ones who have the corrupt minds and the talks and the what on radio and TV, they are the ones walking in limousines because they are so blinded. But anyone who goes against the covenant, this enemy, this spirit against the covenant will corrupt them with flattery. But it says, but the people that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Hallelujah. Why? Because the covenant that God has established with us is a spiritual reality that is fixed and is established. The covenant that God has with you and me is a fixed and established reality. And you and I hold the keys of manifesting it in our world today. You see, Jesus is not going back to the cross. No, he did that once and for all. Hallelujah. So the covenant we have with God is established in and through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of this Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. It's an everlasting covenant. The blood of the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So, Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now, if the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world, what remains? Think about it. If Jesus takes away your sins, oh, you have to agree with this thing. You have to agree with it. You have to agree with it. If Jesus, if he's the Lamb of God, this is why, because Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So God is 
able to justly say, I will forgive their sins and their iniquity and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. It's a covenant issue established in the blood of Jesus Christ, not by our tears. It's a covenant issue. Hallelujah. So in the mind of God, all your sins have been paid for. I'll say that again, friend. It's good news. In the mind of God, all your sins have been paid for. And therefore, forgiveness has also been granted. There is not a man right now that I am looking at, nor a man that is listening to this sermon whose sin has not paid, been paid for and forgiven. All of your sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And all of your sins have been forgiven by God. Not because you cried so many tears, but because there's a covenant that God made. Oh, hallelujah. So, you have to see the spiritual reality of the forgiveness of your sins, the washing in righteousness that Christ has done for you, Spiritual realities are fixed and established, but it is a man who holds the keys to their manifestation in the natural world. Now, here is a spiritual reality you must take on and believe. Number one, the spiritual reality of their sins, I will remember no more, is an established reality. The spiritual reality of the washing of your sins is an established and fixed reality. The spiritual reality of I will be their God, they will be my people is a fixed reality in the spiritual world. Just as you saw that Antiochus Epiphanes was a fixed reality before it happened and Daniel was able to access it by the spirit. Right now, it doesn't have to be Antiochus the fourth. No, right now, it is God has a covenant with you and me. And in that covenant, he says, their sinful acts, I'll remember no more. Their sin, I will forgive. They will be my people. I will be their God. Is God your God? Glory be to God. This is a fixed reality in the spirit that you must access and bring it in the world. It is this reality that creates our boldness. Because now we have no fear anymore. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, no, 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 no. But a spirit of power and of a sound mind. What does he say in Hebrews? That's why after the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 gives you the covenant, then he goes down in verses 19 and says, Therefore, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ and by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with water. Why? Let us hold on the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? For he who promised is faithful. Friends, 
great exploits begin to be accessed by a man and a woman who is no longer afraid to approach the throne of grace and to enter the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, God does not answer your prayers because you called out louder than the rest of us. No, 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 no. God does not answer your prayers because you cried a lot of tears. No, 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 no. God does not answer your prayers because you prayed for 10 hours and I prayed for one hour. No, 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 no. God looks at the blood that was shed on the cross the blood of Jesus Christ and says because of the sacrifice that my son did I will forgive you because of the sacrifice that my son did I will heal you because of the sacrifice that my son did I will lift you up because of the sacrifice my son did I will be your God I will be on your side I will fight your battles I will reach out and I will help you I am your God I'll never forsake you I'll never leave you I will walk with you when you go through the fire I will go with you. When you go through the waters, I will go with you. When no man stands with you, yet I will stand with you. When everybody forsakes you, I will be your God. I'm not looking at what you have done or what you have not done. I am looking at my son who died on the cross and gave his life for you. It's a covenant issue. It's a covenant issue. Friends, this is how we are able to pray bold prayers. Ah, we have entered into a fixed reality of God is my God. And though the enemy may rise up like a flood, yet my God shall lift up a standard. And so this is how I am able to take audacious steps Ah, now that God is no longer counting my sins against me, hey, I can have the freedom to command the devil and he will go. Yes, you are free to exercise divine authority over every situation of your life. You carry the life of God. There is no fear in God. There is no way you can be afraid. Why? Because God is on your side. He's your God. He's your God. He's your God. So friend, when God says you shall be strong, it's not a suggestion, nor is it even left up to you. You shall be strong. You shall not fear. Why? Because I will send my angel who will walk ahead of you. He will make a way where there has not been a way. Why? It's a covenant. It's a covenant. God is on your side. You cannot fail. Ah, you cannot fail. You are not failing. You are a success in Jesus' name. You cannot fail. Hallelujah. It's a covenant issue. You see, that is why Jesus, Jesus, after he rose from the dead and came to his disciples, he said, I want you to go into all the world. He told them, I want you to go into the whole world and I want you to preach this gospel to my people. I want you to tell my people that I have resurrected from the dead. The covenant has been sealed in my blood. Seven times Jesus shed blood for you and for me at the cross. Why? Because he was sealing a covenant and he said after his resurrection, he came to his disciples and he told them, I want you to go into all the world. 
and I want you to tell men, ah, and these signs, he said, these signs shall follow those who believe these signs shall follow those who believe these signs shall follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons you know two weeks ago you know most people in church in Yiganga just got saved about a month ago and uh, two weeks ago, one, one, one of, uh, I don't know whether it was Pastor Martha who was there or, or, or uh, Fiona, they were giving testimony. And this, this, this young man was saying, I, I went back to my home and there was someone who was possessed by demons. I just said, in Jesus' name. And they, were you the one there? Yes, Pastor Derek was the one there. And, and uh, uh, the guy is not yet a month in salvation and he is casting out devils. Great exploits is a covenant issue. Someone said, I am meant for great exploits. I will walk in great exploits. He says, these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. So listen, this is not something for you to debate or to think about. This is not something, like when you meet a demon-possessed person, you are not, it's not a debate you should have in your mind. Should I pray for them or should I not pray for them? Will the demon go or will... No, 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 no. it's not you. But the greater one lives inside. I am praying to God that in this place we'll raise up audacious men and women that will dare the enemy at all fronts and say, I will rise up and take my place. I will rise up and take my place. He says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Now, there are several of us who that one we have embraced. Then he says, they shall speak in new tongues. There are several of you who, that is where you stop. Tell your friend we must continue. He says, they will take up serpents. Even if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Friends, let us be bold. Let us be bold. This thing, I told you the story of Daniel to tell you the things we are dealing with today, their solutions have already been established in the covenant God has with us. And if we are able to hold on and rest in that covenant, we are able to do things. Let us go out in understanding who is on our side and therefore carry power. Friends, the world is looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. You have to manifest. Let us take bold steps, friends. Let us take bold steps. Don't just sit back. There are some of you who need to get out this week and you start looking for land. I know you don't even have 5,000. But go and look for land. Go. Like, like some of you need, need to go to carbons and just begin inquiring. And just begin inquiring. Great exploits. Great exploits. Some of you just need to put in a certain application. You don't know. You are not, you, like you are, far, you are seven steps down the ladder. But they need an executive. Put it in. Take bold steps. Take bold steps. God is with you. Hallelujah. Some of you just need to start going to hospitals and just laying hands and laying hands and laying hands and laying hands and laying hands until it works. It must work. It must work. It must work. Take bold steps. 
Don't be afraid. Now, some of you have finished senior six and you've been sitting at home for like two or three years. Why? Do an application. Go to the best university. Apply. Go do the master's. If you have a master's, go do the doctorate. Go do great exploits. God is on your side. Hallelujah. God is on your side. Mountains will move in Jesus' name. Yes. Some of you are not getting married because you are afraid. What will I eat with her or with him? Come on. Take bold steps. You have a covenant. You have a covenant. Praise the Lord. Let me end with this one story. So when Faith and I were in the States, we began, we were expecting Aliyah and our sponsor said, uh, they've run out of money. And they didn't just say it. We could see it. They had run out of money. But for some reason, that is the time when we felt we should buy a car in the U.S. It's the time we felt we should move out of like a house that was not conducive for a newborn to a nicer house. And when the gentleman who was supposed supporting us sat us down and was crying. Literally, the guy was crying tears and saying, sorry, I brought you here. Now I can't. I told him, sir, I, I understand all those sentiments and I, I, I respect what you're doing, but I want you to know you are not the one who brought me. I told him, you also know the story. I told you the story of how I got here. You were just a part of what God used. So the God who brought me to the U.S., is going to take care of me in the best way ever possible. Uh, and when I left his house a few weeks later is when I got the opportunity to speak around the U.S. Like, I'm telling you, I got to a time I was flying every week. I was on like three to four planes every week that I got to a time I got so tired of airplanes. I would tell who, who the people, if it is about three hours. Drive. I'm just driving. Someone said great exploits. Because the God we serve katonda teyakulokola kukule kayo kubela kachigoja amie. You understand? It is not your background that determines the greatness of your life. Where you come from is non-significance. We also have where we came from. We also had things that stood in our way. We also didn't have fathers. Our mothers were also single mothers who could hardly afford. But listen, <laughs> we have a God. We have a God. And you have a God. And he's in covenant with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He'll never leave you alone. You are not going to be left alone. Stand up on your feet. Raise up your hands to heaven. I want you to say three things that come to your mind right now, that you're saying, Lord, because of your covenant, I'm taking these steps. I'm signing up for school. If you really believe this word, Lord, because of your covenant with me, my children, I'm looking for a different school for them. Because of your covenant, I am taking on the church plant. Because of your covenant, we shall do great exploits. I'm getting married next year. I shall do great exploits. I am launching out. I am launching out. I'm not waiting. I am launching out. Great things. Speak with boldness. 
Don't allow that fear that has always paralyzed you from moving. There are certain things you had even started off and given up. There's some of you here, you had started on certain things and given up on them. They were, you thought, they, 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 it got to a place, a time it felt, it felt like they were too big for you. You had applied for certain opportunities and then you just changed your mind. You said, uh-uh, that was, that's way, that's way beyond me. No, not anymore. Shilia Baba. Rakata Baba. When you look at what it takes, when you look at the budgets, it looks like it's too big. But you have a big God. You have a big God. Father, create faith in the hearts of men today, audacity. Thank you, Jesus. I am stepping out in greater ways. I am launching out in bigger ways. There are some of you who had stepped out of covenant because of challenges, because of problems, because of disturbances. You looked at your financial status and you did not think God could make it. But let faith arise now. In Jesus' name, let faith arise now. Glory be to God. As we are still praying like that, you may be here and you are saying today I've heard the word of God and I would like to give my life to Jesus to be my savior and my Lord. I want to be born again today. I want to be saved. If you are there and you say you want to be saved, I want you to raise up your hand high up. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Now you can place one hand in your chest and lift the other one up and repeat these words and say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I choose to give you my life. I confess you to be my Lord and my Savior. I receive the forgiveness of all my sins. I receive your gift of righteousness. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Today, I confess you to be my Savior, my Lord, and my King. And therefore, I believe that from this day forward, I am moving ahead and never backwards in Jesus' name. Amen. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-572. 579-679